It wasn't planned on my part, but it's quite a blessing that in our study that's been running many, many months now on the names and titles of Jesus Christ, that we find ourselves looking at Jesus as the rock in the services leading up to our youth rally, emphasizing the wise man building his house upon the rock. And we saw on Thursday night that, according to Deuteronomy 32, he is the rock. And some have become unmindful of that rock, and some lightly esteem that rock, But all who know him can say, according to Deuteronomy 32, verse 31, their rock, small r, is not as our rock, capital R. And thank the Lord for our rock. This morning we want to look in 2 Samuel and then we'll turn over to the book of Psalms and see what characterizes our rock. And what I I had thought to do during the song service, this, this wasn't... Uh, part of the preparation for the message, but I thought so many times we present, here's what the Bible says about Jesus, and it's, and it's glorious. It's, it's wonderful to see what the Bible says about the Lord, but I thought it'd be all the more striking this morning if we could compare that to something else. And when Brother Runyon told me about the man in Guyana, drunk and setting fire to his house, and resulting in the members of his family being killed in that fire, I thought, what do Americans seem to resort to more than anything else? Alcohol. Where do they turn when they want to celebrate? Alcohol. Where do they turn when they want to drown their sorrows? Alcohol. What do they do when they want to quote-unquote have a good time? Alcohol. And, And so I thought this morning, we'll not only show you what the Bible says about Jesus as our rock, but then we'll hold up alcohol next to Jesus as our rock and see if alcohol can do for those that trust in it or look to it what Jesus Christ can do for those of us who look to Him and trust in Him. You know, there's, I guess... Uh, unsaved people, uh, somewhere along the way, I don't know if, if, if it's part of their fallen nature, what it is, they all seem to know Jesus turned water into wine. And I just went, for now, when somebody says that, I'm just going to ask them, tell me three other things he did. How come that's the only thing you seem to know about Jesus is that he turned water into wine? I told this, this uh, man was downtown arguing with us here a few weeks ago, and he, he said, well, you know, Jesus turned water into wine. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go with you to the ABC liquor store, and anything they have there that's made of water, I'll drink it with you. They got fermented water, let's have at it. Now, I know what happens, you make... You make wine out of grapes, and I know what happens, you make wine out of strawberries, and I've even seen them uh, make wine out of peach and watermelon and, and just about anything else. But they don't sell water made out of wine. Hard to ferment that stuff. So anyway, we don't talk about the rock this morning, not the alcohol, but we want to put one over against the other. And then, you know, you've got a, a bumper sticker on your car. It'll say Jesus saves or, or Bible verse or something like that. And people call you a fanatic. And then they'll spend thousands of dollars painting Budweiser all over great big semi-trucks. You stand on a street corner, hold a sign, says Jesus saves. And people want to get, get rid of you. But you can put a billboard up along the highway that says that Budweiser's king of beers. And, and 
an odd thing, isn't it? You know, there's no Bibleholics Anonymous. Memorizing Scripture doesn't make you unable to work. And memorizing Scripture doesn't, doesn't make you go home and, and beat your wife and, and kids. But So it's a funny thing, isn't it? You know, they, they run these ads, play the lottery. And then at the bottom, here's the phone number for the addiction hotline if you've got a gambling addiction. We don't have to put that on our signs. We put a sign out that says, trust Jesus on the bottom. We don't have to have an emergency number to call for help. You get too much Holy Spirit. Amen. So praise the Lord. Anyway, we better, we better pray and, and uh, that'll give you a chance to slip out if you don't want to hear this. <laughs> there she goes. No, I'm just, <laughs> just, just All right. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us to lift up Jesus this morning. And Lord, in a, in a world that's looking for happiness and satisfaction in something other than Jesus, help us all to see clearly the difference this morning, we pray. In his name, amen. Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation My high tower and my refuge, my Savior, thou savest me from violence. Now suppose this morning you had enemies, and those enemies were pursuing you. And you decided this morning that instead of trusting Jesus Christ, you would just get drunk. That might make you forget your enemies for a few hours until you woke up and sobered up. But that would not give you deliverance from or victory over your enemies. Now I had some, some enemies that are, that we all have some enemies in common. I've made some enemies in my life that maybe are, are not enemies of yours and you might have made some enemies along the way that are not enemies of mine. But what we all have in common are, are these enemies. Sin, Satan, and death. Those are three pretty powerful enemies and we all face them. And I'm telling you, I've found a rock that can take away my sin. And no six-pack's going to take away your sin. And I have found, I have found a rock that can take away, come on now, that can take away my fear of death legitimately. Legitimately. Now, now you can, you can get intoxicated or you can get high and, and get your friend to turn on a video camera and you can jump off the roof of a building and try to land your skateboard on a moving car and, and, and you can do that because you're not afraid of death, but that won't give you victory over death. That will just give you victory over the fear of death so you can kill yourself for YouTube. But I've got, I've got a rock that has delivered me not only from the fear of death, but from death itself. I have everlasting life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what a blessing. What a blessing to have a rock who is, who is one who can shield me from my enemies, who can save me from my enemies, who can save me from the violence that my enemies would like to inflict upon me. How about that old, that old devil? You know what he wants to do? He wants to take my soul to hell. 
That was his desire. He didn't care if I died rich or poor. He didn't care if I died as a young man or an old man. He didn't care if I died famous or infamous. As long as when I died, he got to drag my soul into the burning fires of hell. Let me tell you something. I found a rock that could save me from the power of the devil. Now I've seen what people do under the influence and so have you. If you've ever worked in any branch or any area of law enforcement, you know that alcohol was involved. If you work in the medical profession, you know how often alcohol was involved. If you've ever written for a newspaper, been a reporter, you know that the the last paragraph of the story is usually alcohol was involved. Well, let me tell you something. I was delivered from the hand of the devil I was delivered from the fires of hell. I was saved from the wrath to come. And the rock was involved. My rock, Jesus Christ, was involved in delivering me from the grip of that old devil. Praise the Lord. Let's look at 2 Samuel 22, verse 32. 2 Samuel 22, verse number 32. For who is God? Save the Lord. And who is a rock? Save our God. God is my strength and power. He maketh my way perfect. Now this this rock that we have who is God. This God who we have who is our rock. Let's just compare him for a moment to the, the people who have spent millions and millions and billions and billions of dollars on intoxicating beverages in the last year. And let me ask you something. Did it strengthen them? Did it empower them? Did it make their way perfect? It did not make them stronger mentally. It did not make them stronger morally. It did not make them stronger socially. It did not perfect their marriages. It did not perfect their child raising. It did not perfect their job employment. It did not perfect their finances. But let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus Christ made me a better man. He gave me a better vocabulary. He made me a better husband. He made me a better citizen. He made me a better worker. He made me a better neighbor. Their rock's not like our rock. And our rock's not like their rock. I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ, He'll put you behind the wheel of a car and and direct you to drive that thing in such a way as you never maimed somebody else's family. He will get you home to your house and you'll walk through that door and you'll be a blessing man, not a cursing man. You'll be a hugging man, not a fist throwing man. You'll be a, 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 a man paying his bills, not a man who's bankrupt. I'll take the rock, Jesus Christ, any day, any day over that Miller time rock. Praise the Lord. All right. The Bible says in Second Samuel 22, verse number 47, the Lord liveth and blessed be my rock. And exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. Now I'm telling you, I've got a living God. I'm glad of that. I'm glad of that. I don't pray to stone and statue. I don't pray pray to uh, imaginary this and, and made up that. I've got a real God, a living God, a true God. And I've noticed, I've noticed in this world, young people especially, some older people, but young people especially, I've noticed they like to brag on their God. They do. Why they come, they come out of a store. If they got a six pack under each arm, they want everybody in the parking lot to see it. They don't hide that thing. 
If they're, if they're going to a big party, a big nightclub, they don't, man, they don't hide that thing one bit. They want open carry laws. They want open container laws. They want to put a beer brand on their t-shirt or a booze brand on their t-shirt. They're not the least bit afraid of it. They don't, they don't, listen, if you said, if you said, we want to hang a sign out front of the football stadium that says, Jesus saves, people complain and protest. But if they want to hang a sign out there for vodka or for, for, for Jack Daniels or for Captain Morgan or the rest of that crew sailing on the good ship to hell, that nobody complains about that. Nobody objects to that. They'll run ads and, and, and sponsor sports and sponsor TV shows and everything else. And you turn on the movie and, and uh, well, let's celebrate. They all pour a drink. Well, let's, let's go mourn and they all pour a drink. Well, let's, let's, uh, we're graduating from college. Let's all pour. They're not the least bit ashamed to let the whole world know this is my brand of booze. They're not the least bit ashamed to let the whole world, they'll go to work and say, man, I went out Saturday night. I got so drunk. I passed out. I got so drunk. I threw up all over my girlfriend. She got so drunk. She didn't even get mad. Boy, we had a big old time. And Christians who go to church and hope nobody finds out they went to church. They'll get to work on Monday, hope nobody knows that they read the Bible. They'll, they'll, they'll get dressed and make sure there's nothing on their clothing might indicate that they know the Lord. They'll, they'll make sure that no, nothing's on their car, in their car, seen around their car, make anybody think they know Jesus. Hey, my rock is worth bragging on. If you can brag on your alcohol, I can brag on my Jesus. If you can let everybody know you got wasted on Saturday, I can let everybody know I got blessed on Saturday. If you can let everybody know you killed some brain cells on Sunday, I can let everybody know I revived some heart cells on Sunday. I'm telling you, I've got a rock who's a living God. I've got a rock who's worth proclaiming to the world. I've got a rock who's worth bragging about. And I have never won time since I got saved, woke up on a Monday morning and said, what did I do yesterday? I hope it's not anything that's going to show up on Facebook. Praise the Lord. Thank God. I can read this Bible and it don't make me pull off my clothes in public. I can read this Bible. It doesn't make me pick a fight with a guy twice my size and have to embarrass him. No, and, and, and have to get hurt. Amen. I thank God I have never, I have never met someone in church and woke up the next day in their apartment and said, what did I do? Praise the Lord. My rock, I prefer my rock to their substitute for not having a rock. Praise the Lord. Well, the Bible says, let's go to the book of Psalms. Psalm number 27. Psalm number 27. Here's, here I am driving down the road. And I'm trying to get somewhere. And they raised the speed limit. But that didn't satisfy me. And so, I'm do, you know, I mean, everybody's got their sins. I've got mine. You know about a sin which does so easily beset you. So I'm riding down the road, and a policeman pulls me over. Here he comes, blue light, blue light special. He pulls me over, he walks up to the car, he said, where you been? Don't want to tell you, where you been? Visitation, what's that? I've been out telling people about Jesus. Aha! 
What's out on the seat? It's a Bible. Can I search the car? I guess. What's this in the, this little pocket here by the door? Those are gospel tracts. What's this in the back? Oh, that's a book of Essence Christianity. I give those out so people even know about Jesus. Sir, get out of the car. You've been reading all those Bible verses. Can you touch your nose with your finger? Can you walk this line? You're liable to hurt somebody having all this scripture stuff in your car. You say, has that ever happened? Well, everything but the getting pulled over part for going too fast was, has not happened. But anyway, not, not a time, not a time. Has a law enforcement officer said, you better get out here quick. This guy's reading the Bible. You got a man with a gun and he's drunk. You got a problem. You got a man with a knife and he's drunk. You got a problem. You got a guy standing up on the rail of the bridge about to jump and he's drunk. You got a problem. You walk in a home and somebody's praying, reading the Bible, filled with the Holy Spirit, obeying Jesus Christ. Chance is pretty good. You don't have a problem. Our rock, our rock's not like their rock. Millions and millions and millions of people turn to something to drown their sorrows that cannot comfort them. Millions and millions of people turn to something to bring them joy that has no joy, no peace, no love, no happiness, no satisfaction, no contentment. All oh, that men and women turn to Jesus. Bible says in Psalm 27 and verse number 5, For in time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Our loved ones, listen, we had had prayer time this morning, or made prayer requests. Save people break their legs. Save people have operations. Save people lose their jobs. Save people go to the funeral home. Everybody has troubles. Everybody has problems. Everybody has sorrows. But we have a rock to run to, who can satisfy the longing of our heart, who can answer the questions of our soul, who can minister to us as to the why and the wherefore and the what now. Praise the Lord. My Bible tells me where the dead go. My Bible tells me about eternal life. My Bible tells me about happy reunions in heaven. My Bible tells me about little ones being taken early to save them from a a very sad and tragic life on down the road. My Bible tells me about being caught up together with friends and loved ones to meet them and be with the Lord forever. All that's in the Bible. And tonight, sitting in those hospital rooms, and tonight, sitting in those living rooms, and tonight, sitting in those funeral parlors, people will turn to that glass of booze and say, tell me, where did they go? And it's silent. Tell me, what do we do now? And it has no answer. Tell me, what, what's, what's next? What's tomorrow? What's the answer? And it's silent. It doesn't say a word. Except, all it says is, drink me. Drink me. Drink me. And so, I drink it down and I have more questions and I... I drink it down and I have more sorrow and I, and I look at that bottle and I say, oh, why, why you couldn't help me. Bring me another bottle. 
And when you can't hold another bottle in your hand, when you passed out on the floor, you still don't know where your loved ones went. And you still don't know where you're going when you die. And you still don't know how to have eternal life. Oh, but I've got a rock. I've got a rock. And He didn't guarantee that I'd have no sorrow. He didn't guarantee I'd shed no tears. He didn't guarantee I wouldn't have heartaches. But I can run to that rock in my time of trouble. And I can be comforted by a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. I can run to a great high priest who is in all points tempted like as I am, yet without sin. And be comforted by His everlasting arms. Praise the Lord. That poor man... Setting fire to that house, and, and, and now, now his loved ones are gone, and now his home and property is gone, and now he's facing a life of sorrow and of, of regret and of shame. And I wonder, I wonder, if he woke up this morning, now listen, listen, here's what to do. He woke up this morning and said, oh God, why did you let that happen? Oh God, why didn't you stop that from happening? Why didn't he go down to the rum shop? And say, oh, bartender, why'd you let that happen? Why didn't you go down the refinery where all the tourists go and they get off their cruise ships and go take a tour of the refinery? And they never take them on a tour of the Baptist church on the island. They take them on a tour of the refinery. Why didn't you go down there and say, oh, refinery? Why'd you produce that which just destroyed my family? You happily married this morning? Thank God for it. Got a sound mind this morning? Thank God for it. You hold a job this morning? Thank God for it. Got a roof over your head this morning? Thank God for it. And we can turn to the Lord and say, Oh God, why? When our troubles come, the Lord can say, Well, you know, the wages of sin is death. You know, this man back in the garden, he... He disobeyed me and he kicked this thing off and it's been snowballing downhill ever since. But my son came and he carried all our griefs and all our sorrows and took him to the cross. And if you'll trust him, it won't fix this old sad world you're living in. But soon and very soon we'll be absent from this body and present with the Lord. And we'll be in a place where God himself will wipe all tears from their eyes. It's a land fairer than day where there's no sickness and no sorrow and no pain and no death. And I can say thank you Lord. Because my rock, my rock is a refuge in time of trouble. Psalm 31 the Bible says, Psalm number 31 and verse 1, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock, my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net they have, that they have laid privily for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Now, now hear me. I'm, 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 all, I'm on down the line now. I'm down this road a good long ways. As a very young man, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I don't regret it for one minute. As a very young man, I began to read and study and try to follow the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't regret it for one minute. Can you imagine standing at 19 years old and in front of you is this road that is going to lead to career choices and a choice of of spouse and a choice of occupation and a choice of how to spend your money and a choice of what to do with your life. Can you imagine standing at that road? And saying, oh Budweiser, show me the right way to go. 
Oh, Budweiser, help me to make the right decisions. Oh, Budweiser, please don't lead me into error, but lead me into the paths of righteousness for my name's sake. i got a faithful wife who loves me and has for 30 years. Bud didn't give her to me. Praise God. I've got, I've got, listen, I've got a, I've got a house to live in. I've got a car to drive. I've got a, a place of employment. I've got friends and family that I can count on and they can count on me. I wasn't led in those paths by old Milwaukee. I don't know if they even still make that stuff. So I wasn't led in that path by Boone's Farm Ripple. Sorry, Andy, hate to bring that up. Yeah, man, we're 15, let's camp out. Somebody go to 7-Eleven and steal some watermelon wine. We're going to have a big time. You know when your big time starts out with everybody puking? Shouldn't that have told you something? So there you stand, a young man. Listen, young lady, listen. You're going to make the decisions that will affect you for decades to come. Who do I befriend? Who do I marry? Where do I work? What do I do with my time? What do I pour into my brain? What do I pour into my body? With whom do I associate with? Do you know that you can seek counsel and direction from a God who loves you? From a God who sees the end from the beginning? From a God who loved you enough to give His Son to die in your place? From one who is always right and always true and always virtuous? You can follow Him! Or you could follow a 12-pack. I'm telling you, I'm glad. I am so glad that as a young man, I began to follow the rock. And I'm glad that rock has led me in paths that are a sure defense and salvation from so many of the ruinous circumstances that I see my, my fellow citizens fall into. Boy, I tell you, the, 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 crowd, the crowd that I grew up with, the crowd that I ran with, the people that I, that I spent my time with as a young man, they followed a different path. And oh, what a path of heartache. Oh, what a path of trouble. Oh, what a path of despair. Oh, what a path of ruin. I choose the rock. I'll take the rock. Let him guide me. Let him lead me. Let him show me the way through this life. Psalm number 40. Psalm number 40. Psalm 40 verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay. And set my feet upon a rock. And established my goings. Now, now listen. This, this is the truth. This world has programs to help anonymous alcoholics get over the alcoholism. I question those programs because I don't know anybody that ever got alcoholed. People I know get drunk. We need a drunkard's anonymous. But anyway, and so people go off, they go off to, to rehab. Correct? They have rehab, they have AA, they have counseling, they have all these programs. Now, listen, let me ask you something. 
in any of those circumstances where somebody says, my life is out of control, I am about to lose everything if I don't get off this booze, do any of those programs say, well, if you want a better life, what you need to do is drink. Come on now. Not a one of them says what you need is drink. Isn't that correct? Now, are you saved this morning? Do you have problems in life from time to time? Whatever problem you have, you know what we're going to say to you? And rightfully so, what you need is more Jesus. He's never the problem. He's always the solution. He never buries you deeper. He only lifts you higher. He never makes your path more slippery. He only solidifies it under your feet. I got problems, you got problems. But my problem is not too much Jesus. I got troubles and you got troubles. But my trouble is not too much of the Lord. As a Christian, when troubles and difficulties overwhelm us, we don't say, well, you just kind of overdosed on Jesus. You just need to cut back on the Jesus. Little by little, if you'll sit in a circle and talk about Jesus, we can help you regulate your Jesus. So you, Not a chance. Not a chance. It's more prayer. It's more Bible. It's more hymn singing. It's more fellowship. It's more preaching. And do you good. Now, I'll tell you something. When the people who know the most about the alcohol who deal with the people who spend the most time with the alcohol, say, the only way we're going to fix this is to get you off it. And we can go cold turkey or hot chicken or lukewarm spam, but we got to get you off this stuff or you're going to ruin your life. I'll tell you, our rock, solid ground under your feet. Our rock, he'll lift you up and then he'll lift you higher and then he'll lift you higher and lift you higher and he'll lift you higher still until you're looking around this rarefied air saying, how'd I get so high and I'm still sober? It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Praise his holy name. Psalm number 62. Psalm number 62. Pour yourself another verse here. We're in no hurry. Psalm number 62, verse number 5. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to trust him at all times. He knows what I should do. He knows how I should do it. He knows with whom it should be done. That's God. I'm going to trust him. Way back, way back, 19, I better get this right. Married 82. Back 1983, I was in a hospital. My wife, she's having a baby. She had a baby. Co-worker, he was in the hospital. His uh, son had just had a baby at the same time. And he, he saw me in the hall. He said, hey man, 
What are you doing here? I told him. I said, my son. I just had a son. Son just born. And he said, oh, congratulations. And he pulled out this little bottle, some kind of booze. I don't remember what it was now. Poured out this little bottle, some kind of booze. He said, congratulations. And headed on down the hall. I stood in that hall. I looked at that thing. I said, how in the world is this bottle and what's in this bottle going to help me raise that boy? How in the world is this bottle going to help me to treat him right? How in the world is this bottle going to help me provide for him? How in the, what, what in, what kind of thinking is that? You got a son. Get out of your mind. You got a son. Corrupt your thinking. You got a son. Bring this into the house. Well, you're not an alcoholic. How do I know he won't be at his first taste? And I took that thing. I walked outside that hospital. I walked across the street. There was a storm drain there. I busted that bottle on that concrete. And I pushed every last bit of that glass down there in that sewer where it belonged. Went back up to that hospital to see my baby boy. I said, God, by God, by the grace of God, he'll not be a drunk and learn it from me. He'll not end up in the gutter and learn it from me. He'll not be standing out front of Walmart with a cardboard sign begging for food and learn it from me. So I went back to that room, read my Bible. Went home that night, read my Bible. Brought that boy, baby boy home. My wife and I sat there and read him the Bible. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord when I'm young. I'm going to wait on the Lord when I'm, when I'm not so young. I'm going to wait on the Lord when I'm where I'm right now. And if God gives me four years, I'll wait on the Lord because I'll be, that's all I'll have to do is wait on. <laughs> but I'm telling you, God, God is the rock. He'll show you how to raise those children. He'll show you how to love that wife, stay married to her. He'll show you how to pay your bills, keep that roof over your head. He'll show you how to make friends and keep them. He'll show you how to get all the way through this life and on to glory. Our rock, not like their rock. Praise be to the Lord. Psalm 71. Psalm number 71. Psalm 71. Verse number one, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust, let me never be put to confusion. Now, could you, could you say that to rum? Could you say that to bourbon? Could you say that to, thank God, listen, I thank God. My, I must say this, I don't want to embarrass him, he's not here. We got old pictures, when I was just a, just a toddler, of my dad, he'd have a beer in one hand, a cigarette in the other. And one day, I, 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 I don't know, I was probably four years old, five years old, something like that. My, my daddy said to himself, said to my mom, I don't want my son doing that. Until the day he died, I never saw him take a drink. I never saw him light a cigarette. He gave it up, doing a little of it, for fear I might do a lot of it. And I th- listen, I thank God for that. Because I'm telling you something, I, I've, I, I'm old enough now. I've seen a lot of people confused when they get some alcohol in them. I've seen them very confused when they get a little bit more alcohol in them. I've seen them completely confused. Confused by the boozed. 
In thee, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Now, there's some verses in the Bible I don't understand, but the Bible doesn't confuse me. There's some things the Lord does that are beyond my, my reach, but I'm not confused about Christianity. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. I must say this, I must say this carefully, because there are some people falling some hard times through no fault of their own. And I know that. There are physical things that happen to people, and there are emotional things that happen to people, and there are family things that happen to people. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you something. In a society that will give you apartment money, and a society that will give you grocery money, and a society that will give you a phone and a ride, if you're sleeping in the woods and don't have a sandwich... You need to stop cursing God and start cursing the booze and the dope. I'm telling you, the Lord is going to lead you, young man, in a path you'll be glad you walked. The Lord will lead you, young lady, in a path that you are glad you have walked. He is a rock you can safely build your life upon. A wise man will build his house upon that rock. He is a habitation for humanity. Amen. (laughs) Do you have a place to dwell this morning? In the Lord, Psalm 92. Psalm 92. Two more stops. Psalm 92. Psalm 92. I delivered mail in Daytona for 13 years. So I'm probably the only pastor who's been in every bar in Daytona. I've been in them in the daytime with the lights on. They're pretty dirty. And at night when the lights are dimmed and they're full, they're pretty dirty. Let me tell you something, sir. If it took four drinks for her to look good, she don't look good. (laughs) Let me tell you something, sister. If you had to go on ladies' night and get almost completely wasted before he sounded intelligent, he's a dope. What goes on in there? The lights are dim because if you saw the thing for what it was... If you had any sense left, you'd run from it. Now look where you are this morning. Bright lights. Everything out in the open. Nobody hiding anything. You know why? Because nobody here is after your wife or your husband. Nobody here is out to rip you off. Nobody here is out to to defile you or, or destroy you. Praise the Lord. You don't get disease singing hymns next to somebody in a church house. You don't go home from church and say, I'm going to have a baby. I wonder who the father is. Hallelujah. Better way to live. Better way to live. Psalm 92 says this. Psalm 92. Verse number 15. or Start at 14. They they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They should be fat and flourishing. See, it's scriptural to gain some weight as time goes on. 
<laughs> to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in Him. Amen. As time does what it does, the legs will go, or the knees will go, or the back will go, or the hips will go, or the mind will go, and one day we'll all be dependent on someone else's care. If we live long enough, somebody's going to have to look out, look out for you. But you know what? In, in ministering in nursing homes since 1977, I have never sat beside a man or a woman who had almost all their life behind them and just a little sliver of life left in front of them. Who I've never one time heard somebody say, I sure regret that I lived a Christian life. I sure hate sitting here and looking back on my life and knowing I gave it all to Jesus. Do you know how many men I've sat with in those nursing homes that said, if I'd just gotten saved sooner? If only I hadn't done this, and if only I hadn't done that, and, and if only I hadn't treated my wife. I had such a good wife, and I drank it away, and I, I had such a good family, and I, I, I just I, I, I alienated my children. My, well, I've heard so many men say that. I've never heard a man say, I regret being a Christian. You don't know this now if you're 17 because you think you're always going to be 17. And you don't know this now if you're 25 because you think you're just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. But one day, you're going to sit somewhere and all you can do is look. You're going to look back on the life you've lived and you're going to look forward to the day you stand before God and give account for that life. And I'm telling you, if you can sit there in your old age and look back on nothing but a life built on the rock, you'll be able to say to that young kid that's coming there who thinks he knows everything about the Bible, Son, I've got no regrets about living for Jesus. If I could do it again, I'd do it again. I'd just double my efforts for the Lord. I'm telling you, if you'll build on this rock, this rock will never let you down. All right, Psalm 95. Last call for verses. One more verse. The bell's about to ring. Psalm 95, verse number 1. O come... Let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Hallelujah. Now, they sing. They got to get a few in them. They get up there, turn on that karaoke machine. Just want to sing a song, and you're going to love this, because I'm going to sound just like. And I think they do. And the people listening to them cheer, because they've been drinking too, and they, they think that, that girl singing sounds just like.
whoever she said she's going to sing like, and they all just laugh and slap each other on the back and have a big old drunken karaoke time. Or maybe, maybe it's a place with a little more money and they'll bring a band in. Woo! Live band. Live band. Jumpin' Joe and the Polka Kings. <laughs> or wherever you drink. <laughs> just, or I used to drink. And Jumpin' Joe gets up and that accordion starts and she shuffles on out there. She's had a few, so she's forgot she's 65. Put that camera down. <laughs> and away she goes. Now listen, wait, wait. This is this come we come at you now. How come when they have a few they get happy? How come when they have a few they get carrying on? How come when they have a few they get loud? How come when they have a few they sing like they wouldn't sing without them? Are you saved but you just have a little Jesus now and then? Are you filled with the Spirit? You know, if you get filled with the Spirit, it'd make your feet move in ways they don't normally move. It'd make you get vocal when you don't usually speak up. It would make you say, I don't care what they think about me. I came here to party. Now, there's one thing I can say about, about that booze crowd. It tends to provoke them to act in ways that they wouldn't otherwise act. And I believe that if our rock is as good as he's advertised here, if we get enough of that rock in us, our feet might move in ways they didn't move before. Our lips might speak in ways they didn't speak before. And we might just say, I don't care what this crowd says about me, I'm going to get up and sing a song about Jesus. Our rock is, he's worth it. He's worth it. So he's a high tower and a refuge. He's a living rock. He's a hiding place in trouble. He's a sure defense. He's a place to stand. He's our strength. He's our habitation. He's holy. He saves. Let us make a joyful noise under the rock of our salvation. This morning, you might, you might have just come in to visit or you might have been here for many, many years, but you've never, you've never really taken the time to think about why that world pursues intoxicants like they do. Because they're not capable of bearing their sorrows without them. They're not capable of knowing real happiness without it. They don't like themselves, and so they're trying to become something else that maybe they will like or others will like, and they, they feel that the intoxicants help them to accomplish that. They want to be bolder, or they want to be happier. Or whether, do you realize that everything they are looking for 
can be found in Jesus Christ. If only they'd turn to Him. Comfort in your sorrows, joy in your life. He'll make you something you're not. He'll give you a life you could never have without Him. And best of all, carries with it eternal life to come and a life here that is more abundant, one of which you'll never be ashamed. Thanks be to God. My heart really touched by the thought of that man setting fire to his own home. He had, he had no intention of killing his own family. But the alcohol did. He had no intention of taking the lives of those that he loved the most, but the devil did. Now what would Jesus, what would Jesus have done for that man on a Saturday night? He'd have been coming home from work, money in his pockets, providing for his family. He'd pray for him. He'd got him up this morning, dressed him, taken him down to the church, and they'd all sung together about how good Jesus is. I'm telling you, a wise man built his house upon the rock. What Jesus wants to do to you and for you, compared to what sin wants to do to you and for you, no comparison. No comparison. Now I'll say this, and we're closing. Mother, father, grandmother, grandfather. You're not going to like everything that I preach, and you're not going to like the way I say everything I say, and there's going to be some things around here you, maybe you could take or leave. But you need to raise your children in a place that's going to offer them life on a rock. In a place that's going to tell them that other way of living, here's what it really is. You ought to think about that. I didn't like how you said this. Yeah, I know, I know. But you don't turn off the TV when the beer ads come on. So don't turn off the preacher when he says something you don't like. Well, you know, they got some things down there I don't agree with. I hope they got some things in Walmart you don't agree with. Doesn't stop you from going. You need to have your children in a church where the preacher is going to warn them about the wages of sin and encourage them to go in a way that will be a blessing to them all the days of their life. Amen. Let's pray. Father.